Hello, everyone. Welcome back yet again to another episode of the Dan K Show presents Junior Hockey. The Dan K Show's attempt at a longer format audio only podcast, because as we've been told, we've got faces for radio and voices for television. We're going to take the latter half of that equation this week. But before I get into any of the things that we've been called, anything dealing with our guests, or any content of the podcast in general, it's time to introduce the man, the myth, the dank. It's Dan K. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Lucas, I'm happy to be here. I will not, I will also not comment on the names I have been called throughout my broadcasting career. There are times where people like to poke fun at Dan K, but we love it. We love when you get involved and you can get involved each and every week at the underscore Dan K show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And with that, before we start today's show, we congratulate ourselves, Lucas. It is a big moment for the Dan K show presents junior hockey because the USPHL is signed on as the exclusive sponsors of the Dan K show. If you want to know more about the USPHL, go to USPHL.com. That's USPHL.com, the United States Premier Hockey League, the Premier Hockey League in the junior hockey world. With that in mind, I talked about a premier coach, folks. We're introducing in a one-of-a-kind talent on the ice, a one-of-a-kind talent behind the bench, and a guy who has created a program in Hudson that is one of, if not the, best teams out in the Midwest right now doing it. Brett Wall. Brett, how is it going today? Guys, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Um, I'm really excited to be here with you guys. And again, I, I want to extend my congratulations to you guys as well um, on the signing. That's fantastic news. I know that um, the guys here in the Midwest and my parents and fans and my players will be extremely excited and that you guys are signed on for another year and to have you guys back. Coach, we can't, we can't wait to cover some more Hudson Havoc hockey. We can't wait to get back out. We're going to talk about Hudson Havoc hockey all day long. We're going to talk about that cheese curd cup that was played, and I think Hudson's going to want to get that thing back. We're going to talk a lot of hockey with Brett Wall right after we pay those bills and go through those reviews. Lucas, will it be another rookie score for your beer review for those hockey parents listening at home? Well, Dan, I've, uh, I think that the offseason is a perfect time to, uh, to do some soul searching and to really figure out you know, what, what you want to focus on and what you're all about. And, and through the first couple of episodes, I've been reviewing some of the, the one-offs, the interesting beers that I've had in my collection. But you know, after some conversations with, with you, Dan, and, and some, some conversations sort of with some other folks, I think it's time for a reset. I think it's time we hit the reset button and we say, what are we doing here, Dan? We're reviewing beers for people. It's no sense to review a beer that no one's going to find. So... I have decided to switch up my beer reviews and I'll be reviewing beers that can be easily found at most, if not all liquor stores. I'll be giving you guys the inside scoop on which beers to go to when you're on the road and you need to unwind after a long hockey trip. And we are starting with Warsteiner. Warsteiner beer. It's a premium German Pilsner. Um, it is a pretty distinctive label. It's a solid gold label with a white inset. Um, it's usually found closer to the macro beers. Most liquor stores will have a German import section. This is right there. I went a little out on the limb and I bought the five liter keg um, just because I've never done it before. And if we're going to have a fresh start, why not go for it? The beer itself is really good. Very light, uh, very crisp. You've got some light bready malts, a little bit of citrus that's pretty common with a German Pilsner. So if you've had German Pilsners before, this is pretty much right up the same alley. Uh, let me go ahead and take another sip here. The, uh, the carbonation is sort of medium to heavy, so it's a little bit more bubbly uh, than your normal beer, but sort of right on line with the German Pilsner. Very, very drinkable. I think that's the biggest thing here. This beer is extremely drinkable. It can be found almost anywhere. Um, I got my five-liter keg for about 20 bucks. Six-packs going for about $9, $10. I mean, it's it's a Pilsner. You know, it's it's when you think of German beer, this is German beer. I think I've had better German Pilsners. I think there are better Pilsners on the market. Um, I would start this off by giving it a seven. I think that there's nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with this beer, which is why I wouldn't go below a seven. Okay. 
But I do think that there are better Pilsners on the market, especially German Pilsners. Seven, an even number there. That, that, that would be considered a rookie score by most. I move on to my coffee review. If you know Dan Kay, you know that I've been down in the basement drinking coffee for the last eight hours. So I think I'm ready for today's podcast. And today, you know, what's more hockey? What's more, what's more New England hockey when we're traveling around up here than, than Duncan? You know, and, and I'm thinking Duncan. I love Duncan. And I went to Duncan's Dolce de Leche Coffee. They just released this thing through Target. So you can find it at any Target near you. And this was the fan-voted flavor. So the fans voted. They brought this thing out. And I, and I brought this thing out today because usually Duncan to me is pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's average, you know, in terms of it's, it's exactly what you're expecting. But I wanted to take this fan-voted coffee because this is a fan-voted organization in the Hudson Havoc. And this is a fan-voted coach. This is a coach who when we saw our Dan K show challenge go out, when we were trying to pick our, our Dan K holiday follow challenge winner, this Hudson Havoc team, this fan base came out in droves along with the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings and brought us out there. So I was thinking fan voted. Why not this week with the Hudson Havoc and Brett Wall, Dolce de Leche. It is, I'm not going to use the big smart words Lucas uses because I don't got those in my vocabulary. It's good. I mean, it's sweet. It's uh, a little bit, a little bit of salt in there, almost like a salted caramel to it. And I'm a big fan of it. I still am Lucas. I'm unsure of Dolce de Leche and what it means. I'm pretty sure it's a milk thing. (laughs) It's good. It's delicious. I'm going to give this thing a 7.7. I feel like I went back to like very drinkable, easy to find beers and you immediately skyrocketed into fancy dolce de leche <laughs> dunkin coffee only available exclusively at target that's it i mean why not i mean i figured go for it make something happen because again fan voted and this is a fan voted interview today we have brett wall of the hudson havoc it is time for the free skate time for that open skate time to get those skates underneath us and get those legs moving coach we introduce you back in how have things been going for you this offseason thus far? Uh, well, a lot better now. I have, I'm doing something with the word skate in it. So I like this free skate idea here. I, I miss being on the ice. Uh, th- things are going well from a, from a recruiting standpoint. And they, uh, you know, we're alive and well and everyone's healthy. But um, at the same time, we're kind of itching to uh, get back at the rink full time and um, kind of have this thing moving uh, full steam uh, in, in a direction that we feel good with. And coach, we talk about it. It's a, it's a one-of-a-kind offseason, but it started in an even more one-of-a-kind way. And obviously, as things started to develop throughout this this pandemic and throughout the COVID-19 situation, everything moved very fast. And and you look back, I I would say of all the folks we've talked to in the game of hockey, you as well as maybe a handful of other teams might have been the most uniquely affected by this. As the Hudson Havoc were getting, or on the ice, getting ready to start off the USPHL National Tournament. Can you talk a little bit about how this thing went down for you and the, the uniqueness of the whole situation as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we, we arrived the, the, the night before and, and got in. We had a good meal and had a good game plan kind of set up, and everyone was feeling comfortable with kind of moving forward. And um, the night before, I think it was the, the NBA kind of started slowing things down. I think the player from the Utah Jazz ended up being um, coming down with a case and, and being positive with their test results. And, um, you know, from there, you're sitting in the hotel watching ESPN all night, kind of thinking, my goodness, they're closing down major sporting events. And, um, you know, we woke up in the morning, got an email. There wasn't going to be any spectators. Um, scouts and, and team staff and personnel were still allowed and players. And you know, that was a little bit of a bummer. And, you know, obviously, you have families travel from all across the country. But, um, you know, I think the USPHL did a good job making sure that the safety of, you know, the players and parents and families that would be involved uh, was kind of taken first and foremost, kind of into precaution, which I think was great. Um, you know, we get there and I, I was extremely excited. You know, I thought, hey, you know, these are odd circumstances. But, um, you know, here in Hudson, our kind of motto is to make sure that we're not in a circumstance. Um, we always want to find a way. We always want to be prepared. There's going to be two teams on the ice and one team's got to win and one team's got to lose. Um, you know, so we kind of went about our business accordingly. And, you know, everyone kind of went about um, things par for the course. And we got out there during the warmups. Um, there was a league call and, uh, you know, both teams were taken off the ice. And that was kind of it. And it kind of ended abruptly. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of a, of a shame because obviously you have some 99 birth years out there um, that, you know, you'll never get an opportunity to work with again. And I think, you know, both me and uh, Coach Trevor um, with the rush, obviously both 
programs that are, you know, perennial powerhouses each year, I think. And, um, you know, we had, I think, over 15 or 16 kids committed to NCAA schools um, on the ice between the two teams. I mean, it was going to be an unbelievable matchup. And then to look in the stands and, you know, you see that there's all kinds of scouts there. I mean, then to get that news, I mean, it's kind of a shock and a heartbreak. Um, but for me, the real heartbreak kind of came in when you come and deliver your speech before the game. And, you know, you kind of got to give your guys the realistic news that, hey, this is over. And um, I'm going to be honest, it still gets me a little emotional even thinking about it, you know, because some of those guys will never get that chance to work with again. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, I'm glad we won our last game and we got the chance to go to nationals. But, um, you know, that Saturday before you had no idea that was going to be our last one doing it together. Um, it just all kind of comes to a halt really quickly. So um, that kind of was that. And then honestly, after that, it was really just kind of, put our head down, get out of there. We got our travel kind of booked immediately and trying to get everyone back as safe and sound um, as possible. When we got back to Hudson, uh, we reconvened for a day. Um, I tried to meet with as many guys as I could individually, and then we got guys out of here as quick as possible. That way everyone could be home safe with their families um, in case things did get a little bit wild. We were still at that time really uncertain of what this thing was going to look like as far as movement and progression. Um, so we just kind of made the call that we're going to get our guys out of here as quick as possible and uh, move forward as such. And for me, it kind of leaves a blank spot in your heart and a void, but at the same time, you know, why I feel really good with where all my 99 guys are going um, with the guys we worked with last year, the guys that we have returning, but also to the guys that we're moving on as well. Um, you know, I feel good in my heart with, you know, what we did for them and what they did together. And then you look at this situation and, you know, we're going to, we're going to eventually, I'm, I'm going to have to get coach Jewel on here with the Charlotte rush. You mentioned him, you guys are getting ready to take on the Charlotte rush and, and folks at home. If, if you're new to this situation of what occurred, I mean, Hudson and, and Charlotte were on the ice getting ready. And, and I still remember I had hockey TV on Lucas and I had just shown up in Boston for this whole thing. And, you saw the players get the news on the ice and, you know, it was the right call. It's the only call you can make at the time. I mean, professional leagues were shutting down and you have to make sure everyone's safe. And coach, I, I'm going to ask you a fun question here. You know, obviously it's a yeah. topic, but hear me back up. Do you guys, do you guys, uh, do you think, I mean, you, you would have beaten Charlotte if you guys played the game, correct? I mean, I'll ask Trevor the same question. They- I mean, here's my thing. I, I'm not going to say yes or no. I mean, I'm just, I'm not a, a, a what if kind of guy. Uh, as far as being prepared, I felt extremely prepared. I thought we had a really good matchup with them that first time in Boston. Um, in a one-goal game, we battled back and forth with each other. And um, for us, that was kind of the tipping point and an icebreaker for us where we really kind of um, got hit in the teeth and we're like, man, we, we want to get better. I think they helped us grow tremendously as a team beating us there um, in Boston. Um, I mean, you know, I felt like we competed with two of the three teams that were in our cluster there really, really well. Um, we hadn't seen the Springfield picks. So I don't know what that would have been like, but I felt, um, you know, with playing the Vengeance and the Rush, we'd seen them prior. You know, we were able to prepare in these game planning, having an idea of seeing it in live action against us. That's what we've kind of felt and seen prior. So I felt really, really comfortable and confident with what we had. Obviously, our players, um, it makes it very easy, me being the guy at the front, you know, talking and saying we can do this and do that. But um, knowing that I had 21 guys behind me that had that same focus, like I feel very confident that we probably could have won this thing. Yeah, and, and you looked at it. I mean, this Hudson Havoc team, that was, the, that was the matchup right there, that Rush and Havoc matchup to see how that played out. It was one of those situations where it could have been a war of attrition. It could have worn some guys down before having to go face a tough vengeance squad, face a tough pick squad. Lucas and I were so excited about that, that pool. Lucas, we never got a chance to make our official picks. Who are you going to pick in that pool with, with Coach on here? Let me put you on the spot. <laughs> I was going to say, Luke, I hope it's a good one. <laughs> oh, that was, I think that was the tough one. And I think if I, I remember correctly, we we had kind of gone back and forth about that one a little bit. I, if I remember correctly, I think I did have the havoc, but now because I'm, because I'm on, I could research this if I had, you know, a minute, I could go back and Google drives and figure out exactly who we did have. Um, I, I believe I had the rush, Lucas. So that's why I was putting you on the spot. You did pick the havoc. I was, yeah. I was giving you the win, but now that you've called out, <laughs> you're going to go back and look it up. Now I got to put it on the record before I get called out. So <laughs> coach, you can hold that against me. Now we, we continue through this coach. Obviously you had a successful playing career here throughout your playing career. Can you talk a little bit about your, your younger behind the bench? You've been close to this game in, in recent years. You played at Lake Superior State University, NCAA Division One. Talk about that, your playing career, and, and kind of how you draw that into your coaching career. Uh, I, I think that, you know, as far as drawing it in, it's just, I, I'm still very relatable. I'm still very um, close to that, I guess you would say, as far as, you know, I, I'm re- more recently retired than, than most of the coaches. 
um, currently. And I've been, you know, blessed and fortunate to be in a spot where I've been put in a head coach and general manager role at a young age. And um, I've really just kind of brought my enthusiasm every day and just kind of made sure that I'm excited about what I'm doing, kind of try to pass along to my guys. But for my playing career, just, you know, being a guy that can be a student of the game and being a guy that can be a hard worker. Um, if you're a guy that wants to work hard enough, I promise you, um, hard working is, an, is enough. Um, but you got to be smart and then, you know, being hardworking means, you know, you're constantly a student of the game. You're constantly doing film. Uh, you're preparing your body the right way after practice, you're stretching, you're eating the right way. Um, you're meeting with a strength and conditioning coach. If, if things aren't feeling right, you're talking to team doctors, get things worked out that way, you know, kind of like prehab type stuff. Um, you're just really aware of kind of what was going on. And that was something that I think that I did a really good job of just figuring out a preparation path for me that allowed me to be detailed. And then from that, I was able to kind of be consistent. Um, so for me, I kind of take that and that's kind of my philosophy is preparation, detail and consistency. Um, that's kind of what I was able to learn and sharpen up through my, about my playing career. And that's why I kind of pass along to my guys. Um, but at the same time too, like this game is fun. Um, I try to make sure that's passed on every day. I'm very fortunate to still be um, involved in this game. There's a lot of people that are my age that aren't involved anymore. Um, they would love to be in my position. So for me, I just kind of pass on that, pass on that same passion and desire for the game. Now, coach, I want to ask you about, we have this year, we talked with yourself, talked with Marty Quarters, and yeah. after the after the Dan K. Show Holiday Follow Challenge voting, we came out and we gave out that cheese curd cup. And we're planning on making this an annual thing. I mean, this cheese curd cup now has taken on a life of its own since that game. Your boys had the lead. Coming back late, the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings, I actually just watched that game back a few days ago, and it was a, it was a great one. Talk about that cheese curd cup. How important is that going to be to the Hudson Havoc this year? Well, I, I know that's one thing that along the way we kind of have some small goals throughout the year. I'm going to be honest with you, the, the goal and expectation here in Hudson has been to, to win a national championship, and that's where I want to leave that expectation. Like that, That's not something that I ever kind of want to stray from. Like That's my goal, my desire, and the focus of every player and everyone working with our staff and organization. Um, we want to be nationally recognized as a program that is able to move guys on, develop people and players, um, and really be a strong place. Uh, when you talk about the Cheese Curd Cup, that's a trophy. Um, and that's something that I know my guys are hungry to win and hungry to get after. Um, that's something that I want to make sure is continuously kind of uh, understood and is able to. Yeah, but for me, I just want to make sure that I'm continuously um, motivating guys and saying, hey, you know, this is an opportunity where one day we're playing for a game in the national championship where it is a, a win or lose type of thing. Um, and you either win a championship or you don't. Um, and for us, this was something that I truly think sharpened us tremendously throughout the year. So I can't thank you guys enough for that. It put us in an extremely competitive environment and kind of the dog days of the season um, where I think, you know, as far as division placement and stuff, I don't want to say things were locked, but um, they were almost kind of set. It kind of gives you that extra little bit of fire and motivation. I know us losing those games really kind of gave us a kick in the butt um, to kind of move forward. And for us, I know closing out games in the end of the year um, was something we really, really focused on hard because I think it was an area that not necessarily that we kind of, you know, forgot about, but, um, you know, when you lose a heartbreaking game like that where they come back late in the third, I mean, it makes you realize, hey, boys, we've got to play 60 minutes and we got to make sure that it's that way every time. Um, so honestly, I think we grew tremendously from that loss. Um, to tell you it doesn't hurt, you're crazy. Um, that was a great looking cup. and I would love to have some cheese curds on the bus on the ride home. Um, so for us, I know that's a goal that we're putting on our, our list for next year is another thing that we want to kind of win um, along the way to make sure that we're having a lot of success and continue to have some fun, too. And Lucas, that's a guy who knows that answer a question. He answers about the cheese curd cup and says his boys are hungry for it. I mean, that's a professional. <laughs> that's a guy who's played the game at the big level. That's You're giving me too much credit there, Dan. I appreciate that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, what we're going to do now, we're going to jump in to the Q&A, a little bit more formal discussion with Coach Wall. I'm going to kick it over to Lucas Jones to start this thing off. We're going to be talking competing in that Wisconsin region, competing in that Midwest, that USBHL Midwest, and how we can – help recruiting and how it can also be a great chance for a player to showcase their skills. We're going to talk cuts and havoc coach wall. We're going to talk it all. Lucas take it away. Thanks Dan. And now I, I feel like before we get into this discussion, I should sort of set the stage for the folks at home who maybe don't know the division, the Hudson havoc play in, in the USPHL because they play in the premier Midwest West which is known for, I think, two things at this point. Number one, it's known for making the Dan K Show's power rankings a waking nightmare for Dan and myself to try <laughs> to pick because anytime we throw a team in the top five from the Midwest-West, they go out the next week and then some other team beats them and go on a tear for a month. The second thing about the Midwest-West is that this is 
one of the most consistently competitive divisions, if not the most, in that USPHL premiere. Because it seems like every single weekend, any team can beat any team. And as it came down to the wire at the end of this season, there was a huge battle. You know, the Minnesota Mullets had come out to a bit of a run around January and then faded a little bit towards the background. The Blue Ox took their place and started charging along with the Moose. And we ended up with this with this huge battle for uh, for first place here between the River Kings and the Havoc. And it was it was a great way to end the season. It's so indicative of the Midwest. So with that stage set, Coach Wall, talk about your experience having to fight your way through this Midwest West division. What's it like every single, almost every week to know you're going up against one of these teams that every single weekend your team could be handed an L? Uh, th- there's one way to describe it. And that's fun. Um, I mean, it's, it's a blast I, for, for me, knowing that you can recruit guys and say that you're going to be able to play 44 games at the absolute highest level and one of the toughest divisions. And in, in, in my thoughts, the country at the tier three level, um, top to bottom, I mean, we have nine teams that can beat you in our division. Um, when you look at our out of conference games and where we go, um, our, our division does very, very well against other high end teams from other divisions and, um, holds their own quite nicely. And for me, you know, that makes me proud as a division, what we're doing here. Um, but honestly, just, just the strength of the coaching staffs and the organizations that every one of our programs has all throughout our league here in our division, um, is truly remarkable. Everyone is putting in the work. Everyone is putting in the time. If you catch yourself sleeping one night or, you know, you're not putting in that work or you're not watching the film or you come not prepared, um, you find yourself losing and that's that's something that is a tough pill to swallow so I think guys um, really get an opportunity to kind of learn how to become students of the game and learn how to adjust um, to kind of like that college lifestyle and that mindset um, here in Hudson you're kind of putting a curriculum in a ringer where it's going to be set up like college preparation you're going to do film you're going to do video you're going to do strength and conditioning you're going to be practicing um, but not just practicing you're going to be practicing with a purpose and a game plan um, and understanding that the team you're playing if you're not going to be willing to execute and able to execute they are going to so I mean it, it really kind of keeps you on your toes every single day and it makes coming to the rink and that compete level always high so it kind of lets there never really be a dull moment and if there is um, you know it ends up kind of being a lull in your season and usually ends up you know being a loss Um, And then for me, that's something that we're kind of working towards every day to make sure that we're winning in all aspects of our life. Um, And then in this division, if you're not winning, you know, in the the weight room, on on the ice during practice, off the ice in the community, um, but also to watching film and having to come in with a good, solid game plan, uh, you're going to find yourself near the bottom of the division. And, um, you know, what, what I like about this division as well is that, you know, it changes so quickly. Like you said, you can be in first one week and then all of a sudden you find yourself middle of the pack and before you know it, you're near the bottom and vice versa. Um, the depth of this place is really, really neat and really, really cool um, to know that every game is really having that level to where you can say to a scout, hey, come watch our game or hey, check us on hockey TV. Um, and knowing that there's going to be a competitive team that you're playing against that a coach and can get a real feel for how a player could translate to the next level as well. Yeah, it truly is being forged by fire. You know, you you come out of that division and you feel like you've you've seen it all, you've done it all. You know, the USPHL showcases are another opportunity to then to then take what has been forged in that Midwest West and and throw it up against some of the best teams from the other regions. You know, you you're a division that travels well historically and your team travels well um, also, especially when you, you know, welcome teams in Chicago or sort of head out east. Talk a little bit about how you prepare your team to match up against teams outside the Midwest West. Um, you know, because there is such a large USPHL footprint a lot of teams have sort of a different look about them. Um, but you guys match up really well against those other teams. So, you know, maybe give us a little bit about that preparation. What goes into getting ready for some other squads? We, uh, we do things a little bit different. Um, one thing that I do, and I, I don't know if I should share this trade secret or not, but I think the best coaches allow, allow their stuff to be out there. Um, so one thing we do that I think is kind of unique and kind of fun is so for the warm up. So normally I have like a really kind of formal practice plan. We show up and there's a good little, like probably 10 minutes of warm up for the goalie where we get just good flow and puck movement and guys going. And then we kind of get into the real you know practice portion of it. Um, what I do is I kind of try to replicate the warm up. So what I do is I literally throw pucks out there. We split guys into two ends. We have five minutes to warm up just like we do at the showcases. Um, so just getting guys to understand when that puck drops, we're ready to go. Um, so showcase weeks and leading up, I 
take my first 20 minutes of practice. Um, we'll play some really competitive four on four, five on five um, with a five minute warm up. That way guys kind of get used to odd practice times, odd game times um, when come showcase because you're not always playing your normal seven o'clock start time. Um, so just kind of getting guys used to that, right? Hey, five minute warm up and you're ready to go is something that we kind of do that I think is a little bit more unique. I don't know if a lot of other coaches are doing. Um, but not only that, like my guys really buy in and understand that when we're going to a showcase. Um, it's an opportunity not only for us to showcase ourselves as an organization, um, but for them to really showcase themselves as individuals. And I think a lot of our guys take a lot of pride in saying, hey, I want to showcase not only you know what I'm doing as an individual, but the brand. Um, I think it's vice versa. And there's really a two-way street where everyone's kind of working hard together. And I think it's a fun time where we're on the road, we're, we're living in the hotel together, we're all eating together. Um, everyone's friends and families are there. I mean, it's just a really a time where there's a lot of camaraderie. And it's just a fun place to be. So I think our guys show up prepared and excited because, you know, why wouldn't we're getting to play hockey in front of the you know, scouts and fans and compete great, against great teams. So I think we just get really kind of involved and present in the moment and really just kind of take it all in and really enjoy it. Um, so I think that's something that we do. That I think our guys do a great job of, of moving on one game to the next, one game to the next, not really getting stuck up on what happened or what's going to happen. Now, Coach, I jump in here. And one thing that we're trained to do in a game of hockey, especially guys that have skated on the ice like yourself, it, it, you're, you're always give that stock answer. You don't, you don't pat your own back. It's always the line mate that helped you out. It's always the net mining behind you. It's always something else, right? We're always taught to be selfless, right? Yep. But I want to talk right now. I mean, uh, what I've, I've, I've talked about this before on the Dan K show to, to listen to the stories that I hear from not just, not just players, but other coaches throughout the Midwest, the USPHL Midwest, whether it's the Marty quarters of the world, whether it's, whether it's Dan Bradley, the, the broadcaster of the Minnesota Mullets, whether it's John Schwartz, the, the USBHL Midwest chair. I mean, you, you hear folks talk about the work you've done in Hudson and, and the words they use, they, they, it's, it's amazing to listen to. I mean, Dan Bradley talked to us actually a, a, few month, a few weeks back on this very podcast about yourself and about your team and the work you did out there. You guys started off, and when you took this thing over – there was some work to be done. There was some building to be done. And there was not just a culture change, but a player development change. And, 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 and the Hudson Havoc went from a team that was good to a team that was, like you said earlier, a perennial powerhouse. Now, this is a team that competes for national titles. This is a team that we set it going into the postseason. I, one of the three most deep rosters, one of the three deepest rosters in the game of hockey in junior hockey, going into the postseason, going into the USPHL Nationals. Can you talk a little bit about where you took this team over and the work you've put in to grow this team and why everyone has such great things to say about the work you're doing out there? Well, so I, I was kind of here from day one and, and really kind of got handed an unbelievable community. The way I kind of look at it is I kind of was given a Ferrari that needed a paint job. There was nothing wrong with the engine. I knew it could fly. Um, it just needed to be polished up a little bit and um, the community here truly supports us and everything that we're doing. Um, the staff that I have here, like I, I know that, you know, yeah, I'm not going to speak about myself here. I've just been very fortunate to be a guy who gets to be at the head of this. Um, amongst my staff, I mean, we have over 250 NHL games between all of us. We have over 1,200 pro games outside of the NHL. Um, infinite, I'm almost 500 division one games, over 300 division three games on our staff. Like we just have kind of a little bit of everyone from everywhere and everyone's working hard in a great direction. And I really cannot stress the support of the community that we get here. Um, 14,000 people. It's hockey crazy. It's one of the largest youth hockey associations in the state of Wisconsin. Um, this year at the youth level, they sent all 11 teams to the state tournament. Um, which I think is unbelievable. And what I think is the most fantastic thing about this is this place is solely the rink here, the two rinks in the training center are funded and operated from Youth Hockey Association funding. Like how amazing is that? A community that's supporting and funding itself by, the, by playing the game, the participation, the involvement. The rink is ran by volunteers. There's two people paid on staff. It seems like everybody can run the Zamboni, knows where the lights are, knows how to handle things. Everyone's willing to help out. Um, for me, when you're in a place like that where you can go and you can ask people for help and they're willing to give it to you, I mean, what more could you ask for? Everything that I ask for from my owners, I'm given. Um, my players, as far as what their needs and wants are, are kind of put in first. Um, I've just been very fortunate and very blessed to have great ownership, a great community, and people that have always just kind of told me yes. Um, and anything I've kind of wanted as far as, you know, direction or idea, um, you know, I've been given guidance, but, you know, help and support um, from everyone here and everyone that's involved. So I'm just a guy that has never really been able to say, hey, you know, that's not an opportunity. That's not an option. So really the sky's the limit for my guys here. Um, and I think that's why we've been able to turn it around. The culture here is hardworking, fun, loving, but it's a place where you know you're safe. You know you're going to be in an unbelievable environment that, that loves and supports what you're doing and truly gets that. 
Um, a lot of my players aren't, aren't coming from traditional hockey markets. So being in a place that understands your dream, understands your goal, and is going to help develop that and help develop you as a person and make sure that, you know, you're allowed to, you know, be a human being. You're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to open up and develop not only as a person, um, but as a player as well and know that it's, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, but know that we're going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to grow in a, in a place that really gets it. Um, I honestly can't say enough about this place and in a, in a positive manner and the things that we've done here um, in the direction that it's heading. Now, Coach, you know, unless you're Michael Jordan, I've been watching this Michael Jordan documentary. There's, there's no I in team. He did say there was an I in win. I know he did say that. But there, there's no I in team. There's no I in success. But there is an us in success. Yeah. And you talk about the community around you. You talk about the coaching staff. If I'm a player right now, I'm looking for my next place to play. I'm a parent right now, and I'm looking out for my young player. Can you talk to us, to us a little bit about what you expect day one, walking in the door at the Hudson Havoc, and you talk about the, the team working around you. What are they going to be doing on a day-in, day-out basis for the development of a player both on and off the ice? Yeah, so for, for me, the expectation, it truly kind of varies on where you're at. If you're, if you're an older guy and, and you know, you – you got a year of junior hockey left. You know, my expectation is for you to come in and kind of know the junior hockey game a little bit. Um, if you're a little bit younger guy, my expectation is for you to come in and, and kind of learn and have a not necessarily a seamless transition, but try to figure it out as much as possible and really immerse yourself um, in, in our community and what we're doing here and everything we're um, having as far as our amenities is taking advantage of those. I think that um, the guys that are younger that take advantage of those quickly. Um, grow very very quick there's some guys it takes a little bit longer and we understand that this is junior hockey there's going to be a growing period for some of those younger guys um, but for me as far as far as what it's going to look like on a day-to-day -day, uh, basis um, you're going to show up at the rink uh, anywhere from 8 15 to 8 45 um, that's kind of my grace period window there uh, at 8 45 my doors close um, and the reason I do that is everyone kind of does something different. I would have been a guy that would have liked to wake up and have a little bit bigger breakfast. So I probably would have been an 845 guy coming in, tape my stick, put my stuff on, be ready to go. Um, some guys like to get there a little bit early and kind of hang out. So I kind of provide a lot of structure, but enough leeway and gray area for each player to kind of figure out what's going to work for them. Because what works for Coach Wall doesn't work for Coach Davis. and works for Coach Davis doesn't work for Coach Zers um, as far as when we were players. So kind of allowing guys to figure out what works for them in a structured basis, if that makes sense. So we're going to be there and kind of ready to go. At uh, 9 o'clock, I'm walking in, addressing you, and letting you know what's going on for the day. Um, as far as our focus, our game plan, um, where we're at for the week, uh, you know, some thoughts on maybe some things we could work on, um, check in, make sure you guys know what's going on as far as community service for the week. And then at 9.30, we are on the ice sharp. If you're not on the ice when I'm on the ice, you just kind of lose the day. Um, from in there, we go from the first four or five months, we'll go for about two hours, um, from about 9.30 to 11.30. Um, as the season kind of winds down, we'll uh, go about an hour and a half um, and have a little more time at the end. So every day the players will have about 30 to 40 minutes as far as on-ice player development. Um, we do have a full-time goalie coach that's with us that works with our goalies and shooters, um, as well as a full-time player development guy um, named Mike Fazio, who does an unbelievable job, and he works with the MAP and FIT program over here in Minnesota. For guys that are familiar, it's uh, the one that's based out of the Super Rings over there in Blaine. Um, they have a hub over here in Hudson. He has a fantastic job at helping guys. Um, and then as far as like player promotion, moving guys on, um, our assistant general manager, Jim Mitchell, does a fantastic job at um, working with me as, you know, as far as getting guys exposure and opportunity to the next level, um, saying, hey, you know, this guy that's going to be a tier two guy or a guy that, um, you know, is possibly, a, you know, a division three or NCAA um, candidate. We get guys out there as far as, you know, letting people know what their grades are, letting them know how they're playing, sending them links to their games. I'm um, just kind of keeping coaches in the know about our players. Um, and that's kind of what that day looks like as far as up to that. And then about 1.45, um, we're going to be heading over on Monday and Wednesday um, with uh, Brent Jamison, who's our head strength and conditioning coach. And Brent has done a fantastic job um, training a few collegiate and pro guys um, to kind of continuously come back and work with him in the summer. So we're with him two days a week. On Tuesday, we'll do a little bit more mobility. And then on Thursday, we'll alternate that um, strength and conditioning off for yoga. Um, and then on Monday, what I do is we'll meet with defense as far as game planning and going over that. On Tuesday, we'll meet with forwards, and then uh, Wednesday, we'll meet as a whole team um, and kind of show, you know, some odds and ends, things that we're kind of looking for in our game, but also, too, some things to kind of keep an eye out for their game. Um, then Thursday, we'll do power play and pony kill meetings as far as film. Um, then throughout the course of the season, um, what I'll have as well is I have open time where guys can come in and watch their individual film through the NSTAT program that the league provides for us, um, which is a fantastic job of doing cutting film um, and showing clips and highlights of guys. So 
For us, you're going to be immersed uh, throughout the course of the day, um, anywhere from 8.15 uh, to about 3 o'clock uh, in the afternoon is what a normal day is going to look like for you. Um, and then we do also have a large community service uh, kind of portion of our program. Throughout the course of the year, we ring bells for the Salvation Army. Um, we do the feed our starving children. We pack meals for them uh, here in Hudson. I also do run the Might Hockey Association program. Um, so what we do with that is also our guys are teamed up with a Might team. Um, and a few players are teamed or assigned to each team. Um, they're required to be at one practice a week. And then the game days that we have on Sunday, we purposely don't schedule games on Sunday um, to make sure that our players are able to be there for the Mike program. Um, and at the same time, a lot of those Mike players are our biggest fans and are a lot of our billet families as well. Um, so we kind of give back to the players that kind of support us and recycle the game. Um, hopefully one day those guys will be playing for the Havoc and, uh, you know, vice versa. Now, I, I think, you know, you kind of alluded to the the different ways that you guys prepare and and having some, you know, separate people on staff to work with development, to work with goaltenders is is huge because it it really allows for, you know, some some more specific development, giving kids the sort of the, the specific areas of instruction that they need that comes from you having to work with them. I do want to talk about your team sort of in a little bit more uh, specific terms now. Because your your team had the highest goal differential in the Midwest West. You were plus 123, uh, 219 goals for, 96 goals against. And a lot of that started with your defense, your goaltenders. But the defense I'm impressed with because you have a lot of young guys on there. You have two rookies in Joey Matevi and Connor Hudziak. And then you've got some, some 2001s. You had Mason Fortin. Uh, your captain, Chris Dusek, these are these are skaters who are strong, fast, impactful skaters that really, when when they hit the ice, they bring their own sense of what it means to be a defenseman out there. Talk a little bit about your defensemen uh, and your goaltenders and how they were able to to really shut down a lot of really potent offenses throughout the season. Yeah, and, and honestly, a, a lot of testament uh, and claim to fame there that that all, that all goes to Ryan Davis my assistant coach um he, he's our full-time goalie coach as well he works with uh, the mega program um over there in Blaine as well and he's with us every day and has been in the game now for probably seven or eight years coaching um at this level and is a guy that you know I kind of joined up with in my second year and has really helped me grow as you know a coach um but as far as the back end like my goodness um the last two years that Ryan's been with us he's had you know an all-star with Cal Ambrose um and then also to a league all-star with Chris Dusick um, I, I mean, what more could you really ask for? Brian does an unbelievable job at preparing those guys. But Cal, Cal Ambrose, um, I, I can't say enough about this kid. Uh, as far as um, preparation, detail, consistency, this is the poster child of my program. Um, this guy is literally a guy that was with me from day one when I didn't have to offer as far as a coach and a program we were kind of really getting things rolling um and when I came back from my second year and knew that I had an opportunity to really turn this thing around um Cal was the first guy that I called and said hey I need you to be the guy that uh, really takes the reins here in net um and then honestly he never looked back he was probably I think arguably probably the best player in the league the last two years on my mindset and I say that firmly um I I always knew that when we had him in net we were had the ability to win a game I never doubted that when he came to practice he tracked every shot he was ready to go um, every shot was the Stanley Cup to him. Every workout um, was the most important to him. And a guy that um, truly understands how to just be present, like the best way to describe him, me and Coach Davis always call him, is that he's just a pro. Um, when he's with his family, he's a family member. When he's with his, you know, um, you know, at work, he, he's a, he's a, a guy that's at work. He's an employee. When he's at the rink, he's a player. Like he is a guy that just, when he, wherever he is at, he is that guy and just very present with what he's doing. And honestly, I can't say enough great things about him. The void that we'll have to fill with him, um, you know, not being a net next year is going to be something that'll be hard to fill not only on the ice, but also to in the community. Just, I can't say enough about the class act and the family that he came from. Um, unbelievable human being. I want to jump in on Chris Duzek real quick. This is a guy who next week we're going to have our all Dan K and all Lucas J premier selection show. So we're going to be going through the premier division last year. This guy right here, you're talking to selected Mr. Duzek as his top left defenseman. Do you think I should pick Chris again? I mean, I look at the stats. This guy's got over a hundred points over the last, you could put him at four and you could put him as your third string goalie as well. I promise you. Um, <laughs> uh, he is he is that good he is the absolute real deal um his demeanor is very nonchalant 
He is a guy that shows up and gets it done. He works extremely hard off the ice. Um, and a guy that is very full of confidence in his ability. Um, I'm going to be honest with you at the same time, Chris is, was probably one of my most challenging players to coach, but my most rewarding players to coach. I feel like I, mean, I grew tremendously coaching Chris. Um, Chris has the ability from the back end to see things and do things that I never had. And, and there was some times where I'm like, man, what is he doing? Um, and there's other times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have never seen that. And, and for him, like the ability for him to control the pace of a game, like he is a guy that can quarterback a power play. He's a guy that can play two minutes straight on a penalty kill. He's a guy that'll be out there on a five on three and block a shot. Um, I know there's no fighting at this level, but he's a guy that w would go out there and get in a scrum for you. He's a guy that would do just kind of anything. Um, and a guy that truly, I, I really kind of, you know, put a lot on his back. And uh, I was extremely hard on Chris, but I think Chris grew tremendously. Um, and I think I grew tremendously as a coach, just being able to work with him. Um, and a guy that, again, is a day one and a foundation piece and will, again, be a guy that we speak about for years to come. Obviously, he's been in my locker room for the last two years, so I can't speak of him yet to my players. But um, him being a guy that is leaving now, he'll be a guy that I speak of highly um, for our guys that know of him and our guys that don't. Um, they'll learn very quickly that, you know, Chris Deuce kind of set the standard here for, for excellence in that position. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to, to Ambrose as well, I mean, you, you talk about a guy who, who has risen to the occasion in a lot of respects and going four and O in the playoffs this year uh, with a nine, six, five save percentage, but you go back to the season as well. And this is a guy who last season 0.93, this season 0.926, incredibly consistent year in and year out. But I think the, the most impressive stat for me is that, you know, this year seeing 30 shots a game almost, you know, and still having that nine to six save percentage. I think it goes to show you that, you know, the goaltender is such an important part of the developmental aspect. And as I think you mentioned, you know, you can't just get a great goaltender and throw them in net. You have to develop these goaltenders to work with your team to work with the style that you run. Um, and the one thing I do want to ask you is, how do you prep your goaltenders? What what kind of, of not what kind of systems are you running? I don't want to have you give away the whole farm here. Uh, but, you know, how do you prep these goaltenders to get them in net and run the style that you guys run? I'm going to be, honestly, I'm going to give all the credit to Ryan Davis. Uh, when it comes to goalies, I don't do a lot of work. I, I watch and, you know, I, I encourage and I'm positive. For me, goaltenders are a very fragile thing that I never was. I don't know really how a goalie's mind works or what emotions are like. Um, Ryan Davis does an unbelievable job at doing that. Um, and that's truly why I think he's such an asset for us. And, you know, you put such – um, emphasis and prize on that on that position. Um, that's why I kind of went out and made sure I had the absolute best um, to make sure my guys were ready to go and ready to prepare. I know one thing that we really do like here um, that I think is kind of cool. I don't know if you have the stats in front of you. I know I don't have them here, but I think Cal had four or five assists. Um, the ability to play the puck and move the puck, um, you know, as a defenseman is extremely nice to go back when you got a goalie that can set the puck and help you break the puck out and get things rolling. Um, but also to a guy that if you know, the puck comes back, a guy that can move the puck to you in transition. Um, Cal's a guy that can play the puck and move that. And, you know, Hunter plays the puck tremendously as well. Um, so, I mean, two, two guys that, you know, you knew, you know, if that puck was dumped, you could get things set up and get the breakout kind of rolling. Um, and two things we really, really kind of enjoyed. And then, you know, having puck movers back there as far as the goalies, it's almost like having a third defenseman. And coach, you're right. That is four assists for Cal Ambrose out of the net last year. That's a that's a heck of a season for a netminder, and that's something that I'm sure he goes after guys about as he was starting to catch up the guys on the score sheet there, saying, uh, "Hey, don't have less points than your netminder this year." I'll tell you what, that is one thing where Cal will never say a word to you. Cal's a guy that comes in, puts his head down, and gets to work. That's what I love about him. When I say pro, like. This guy, Dan, I wish you guys could see him. I, what, you know how they do like the pregames or playoffs where like they have the cameras in the locker room, like you see the goalie stuff. Like, I wish I could put something on him. Smile on his face, calm demeanor, but just never nothing to say. He's only he's only worried about himself and doing his part and knowing that he's going to contribute to the squad. Um, I, I don't know. His demeanor is just, it's second to none. He, he was an unbelievable guy to work with. Absolutely love it. Now, Coach, we get into – we got to talk about the the situation right now in the world of hockey, right? This is, this is the most one-of-a-kind offseason I think anyone's ever had, whether it comes to the recruiting side for coaches like yourself and organizations like the Hudson Havoc, or it comes to the player side of finding that next place to play without the ability to really get on the ice much during this offseason, if at all. Can you talk a little bit? Let's let's get into kind of the, the advice section of it, I guess. As, as a coach yourself, 
what advice would you give to a player or a parent right now trying to find that next place to play? What should they be up to? Um, you know, from a, as far as, you know, moving on and not necessarily a development standpoint, but as far as a proactive standpoint, things you can be doing, um, communicate with coaches. If you, if you have game film, send coaches game film. Um, I think a lot of people would be surprised at how many coaches do check their emails, do check their phone. Um, be a guy that is willing to communicate, step up and let a coach know that you want to be there. Um, if a coach is able to communicate with you and you know, your gameplay kind of matches what they're looking for that communication piece kind of takes care of itself. You know, you're able to kind of work with a guy where it's like, Hey, I can let this coach know what I need. He can let me know what he needs from me. I think that communication piece is huge. So if, during this time, it's kind of awkward and different. Um, try to really make sure there's still good communication and establish that. Don't just be like, Oh, you know what? I'm just not going to reach out to anyone or talk to anyone or not do anything like that. Um, just because it's a different time. Still keep up with the communication, reach out, be talking to people, um, be proactive in that manner. Um, as far as, uh, you know, preparation for on ice, everywhere looks a little bit different. I know there's some states that allow people to skate, you know, one or two people at a time or odd and or ends, you know, here or there. Um, every county is different to different. I know here in Wisconsin, things are kind of all over is how it works. And um, we're only one exit away from Minnesota and it's completely different over there. Um, so I just kind of just gonna stay. So you, you got to really understand that everyone's going through the same kind of circumstance. So you know, as far as on ice, not a ton you can do. If you can get some ice, definitely get out there and try to get yourself going. Um, but as far as off ice, my, my, my biggest suggestion would truly to be to make sure you have legs and you have lungs. Um, get out there and run. Make sure you can get on the bike and you can go. Um, it's not really going to matter how skilled you are or how good you are if you can't last 30 seconds or show it when these thing, this whole thing's lifted and you kind of have those camps out there. Um, so make sure you're really able to go. I think we're going to be in a situation where the guys and, and, and girls that have kind of stayed the most focused and the most composed during this um, and have kind of stepped to the most normal routine are probably going to be in the best spot. And for me, that means just kind of being able to be putting yourself mentally, but also to physically as much as possible in a spot where you're kind of ready to be the fastest horse once that gate is lifted. Um, and that's kind of my suggestion. I know it's kind of weird and, and, and different, but um, right now I think it's got to be mentally. You got to keep yourself strong and composed um, and try to keep your legs going as much as possible. I, I think everybody can get out there and go for a run. I think guys can get on bikes. Um, so those could kind of be my suggestions. Have the legs and lungs and keep yourself mentally together. So basically do the opposite of what I'm doing because I've gotten into making my own pizzas and I've, I've tried to get out there and get in a run about two days ago. And and I'll tell you, I got about 30 seconds away. And you say, don't don't be the guy who's, who's sucking wind after 30 seconds. That was me. I, I was well, struggling sure, out there, Coach. I'm sure it's cauliflower crust and low-fat cheese and the <laughs> finest of beef on there. Oh, not at all. It, it's It's been a bad choice by me. I got to get <laughs> myself into suits in a couple weeks, all right? I got to get myself back underweight here. So Lucas and I are going to get ourselves on a little bit of an off-season diet plan. And maybe we can be uh, – maybe we can be a uh, – a shining light for some of these players getting ready for camp this off season. Cause it's a, uh, this quarantine, it's, it's easy to get lazy at times. And it's so important. Like you said, coach, for these, these young skaters, for these players to, to hold yourself accountable. Accountability is so important right now. And, and with that, we go to, we're going to go to a little educational segment here with Lucas Jones. I think Lucas is ready each week. The Dan K show likes to make sure that players aren't just worried about the on the ice. They're not just worried about getting ready to play the game of hockey, but they're getting ready for that educational side of the game, that off the ice academics. And with that, I look to my left-hand man, my consigliere, mon frere from another mayor and the smartest man on the Dan K show. That's not much of an accomplishment. It's Lucas Jones. Thanks, Dan. I think today's today's academic lesson or this academic lesson of the week is uh, is another parallel with hockey. And, and I'm finding that the things that come second nature to hockey players while preparing for that that weekend, uh, that weekend slate of games is also the things that I'm recommending to my students that they do at home. The biggest thing that I have found myself recommending to students this week is to review. Now, hockey players, this is normal for them. You go into a review session, you load up some film, you dissect what happened, and you learn from your mistakes. When you're talking about schoolwork, it's easy to say that this is done. I'm done with this. I'm moving on to the next thing. But you don't want to lose the information that you just learned, especially when it comes down to math. Now, junior hockey, the USPHL, puts a huge emphasis on SAT, ACT scores. Colleges do as well. Some schools are moving to scoreless, but for the most part, colleges and universities are still requiring a standardized test score. You need to open up those old algebra notes. 
those old geometry notes. You need to get back into what you learned in eighth grade, ninth grade, and 10th grade, because these are the things that I find that students have the most trouble with when I start working with them on standardized tests. And it's one of the easiest ways to both pick up points if you do it successfully and lose points if, and let's be honest, you just didn't put the work in to be able to get yourself ready. The test dates, you know in advance, you sign up for them. So why not put in the work and make it worthwhile? Crack open those old textbooks, those old workbooks, review those problems, review those answers. And if you're still stuck, we live in the age of information. Google it. See if Google can be your friend. See if YouTube can be your friend. But there really is no excuse to not remember and not be competent in things you've already learned throughout your high school career. Lucas, every time you do one of these, I feel like you're aiming it at me and I feel attacked. <laughs> and I mean, look, I, 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 I understand it. I get it. I almost feel like I have to explain myself to you for my academic career every time we do this darn thing. All right. I, I'm doing my best here. I'm doing my best. I'm working with what I got. That's, that's all we can. You know what? It's the effort, Dan. It, if, you, if you put in the effort, then, then you, you can't really be mad. That's exactly right. Now, coach, I mean, you're a guy who's done this. You're a guy who's played through it. And we always on this, this part of the show, as we get towards the finish of this thing, we like to talk about, you're not just developing players on the ice out there in Hudson, you're developing players, the men off the ice, you're developing the future of this country, of the Hudson area, potentially off the ice as well. Can you talk a little about the, the academic side of things, the educational side of things? What are you guys doing off the ice with these players once they're done playing a game? So once they're done playing the game, like I said, we do a lot of community service stuff. But as, as far as uh, academically, I mean, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We were at the Cheese Curd Cup and you ask, you know, what, what's, what's the focus here? Student athletes, 100% the focus. I love that you guys just did that. The ACT, SAT thing, that, that is a huge thing for me. Um, I know a lot of my guys are Division three athletes when they leave here and are going to, um, you know, smaller liberal arts schools or private institutions where you know, an ACT score or an SAT score is still something that they base a lot of value upon. Um, and not necessarily based on getting into the school. Um, yes or no, there's some places it does matter tremendously. Um, but as far as possibility for, you know, academic scholarship, there's a big difference between one or two points on your ACT. Um, so I think just making sure the guys are very, very clear of that and understanding with that. Um, off the ice, we got, I got a handful of guys. I've been very blessed to have a lot of fortunate and really strong student athletes throughout the last few years. Um, a focus of our guys is that I do have a few guys that are working away. They do see an ACT tutor here. Um, they kind of work through a course and a group with that to make sure that if there's a way for them to even raise that ACT, just one point, um, there's an opportunity for that. So some of our guys do that. I do have a few guys that are finishing up high school through the Hudson high school here. They do online schooling. Um, and then once the season is done, they're able to either transfer back home and, and graduate and walk there, or they'll stay here in Hudson and graduate and finish up here in brick and mortar. Um, so it kind of varies based on the guy, but, um, the pursuit of, uh, academics through athletics here is 100%, uh, you know, the goal and the focus. Um, one day this does end, we got to make sure people are prepared to go and have a great life um, after and are prepared to do that. Um, not just putting a spot where, you know, hey, we can go here and have a great time and enjoy ourselves, but really putting themselves in a spot where they can be a member of a community and a member of a campus. They can be an unbelievable member of a student um, community and also to be a member of an athletic community as well. I think that's a lot to put on someone's plate as a young adult. Um, so just making sure the guys are ready to go for that. I think true that does translate one day to an employable adult. Um, and that's the end goal here. Make sure that all these guys have jobs and career and can provide for themselves, whether that be in hockey um, or in some other aspect of life. But um, we just want to make sure the guys are ready to go and taken care of and understand that really the pursuit um, here is make sure that you, you know, when you're in Hudson, your focus is going somewhere to leave with a degree. Now, coach, I'm going to go to our final question before we get to our parting words. And this is something I tee up each coach with each week. Every time we have someone from an organization, especially an organization like yours there with the Hudson Havoc, can you give that final sell? Why the Hudson Havoc? What, what would be your way to sum up the Hudson Havoc organization and why should someone choose the Hudson Havoc as their next destination? For me, it's a, the development of your, of your young man in a extremely safe and clean community 
Um, a place has a proven track record of moving guys on where like the sole purpose and the sole focus is to make sure that we are pursuing um, academics through athletics. We're putting guys in a safe, organized structure um, to where they're able to grow, they're able to develop, but also to enough area where to that really allows them to grow up and kind of figure out who they are as an adult um, and kind of mature and allow them to really prepare themselves for that next level of life, whether it be, you know, tier two juniors or um, that be, you know, collegiately or maybe that's the next level of life, wherever that is. Um, just making sure guys are ready for that. And the, the movement to higher levels is our goal, our focus. Um, we put, you know, really a lot of prep, emphasis on preparation, detail, and consistency. We want to make sure the guys are prepared for life, prepared for the game. Um, they learn how to do that detail and then eventually can become consistent at that and whatever they're doing in their life. Um, and I think that carries over and translates not only from the rink but into the real world. Um, that's kind of our focus here. Now, with that in mind, I'll tell you, the, the Hudson Havoc, I will have some talk about them in my parting words because I love this organization, love the work they're doing out there. And I cannot wait for round two of the Cheese Curd Cup because we want to get us—we want to get ourselves out coached to both areas this year. We want to get out the Hudson. We want to get out the Wisconsin Rapids. And we want this thing to be based on the regular season record this year. I oh, want we would, the best yeah, regular yeah. season record gets it. That's what I'm thinking, right? Would, would love to have it. I think it would make a lot of fun. I know when I was at uh, Lake Superior State, we had the uh, Capo Cup there with Northern Michigan, and that was something that, you know, throughout the course of the season, um, the boys were always fired up to play in a Capo game and get excited to go. Um, Fortunate to win it three of my four years, not a big deal. Um, but I, I was just pretty pumped about that. I think it's something, too, that really kind of adds a lot of value to our program. So I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, letting my guys know, hey, you can play in, you know, the Dan Cup or Dan K uh, Cheese Curd Cup Series. Uh, I think it's kind of cool and kind of fun. I love it. And I'll tell you, it's, it's easy. It's easy to work and, and give to organizations like yourself, like Wisconsin Rapids. I mean, to see the work you guys do, not just on the ice, but in the community with these fellows off the ice, to see the players that develop out of your organizations, especially with the Hudson Havoc, to see the, the player, how it goes from day one to day 365 in a year and, and how that player grows both on and off the ice. It's so much fun to watch. And with that, our favorite thing to watch is Lucas's parting words. So we're going to start with Lucas Jones, one of the most verbose folks in human history. When it comes to his parting words, Lucas, close out this week's show. Wow. Wow. That's some beautiful words from you, Lucas. I am pumped to hear them. Another great week. Another great parting word. Now we go to coach and we put coach Brett Wall on the spot here. These are big words, the parting words from Coach Brett Wall of the Hudson Havoc for this week's episode. Honestly, I just want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, when I speak of community and, you know, always reaching to ask for people to help and always be told yes, you guys have always been supportive of our program and what we're doing here and of my players. Um, so I can't thank you guys enough. To, my, to the advice to all the young players out there, keep working hard. I know it's a wild time, but keep yourself focused. Um, if there's any way to kind of get yourself going as far as watching film, you know, reading books to keep yourself sharp. Um, there's a lot of different ways to kind of keep yourself going here. I think it may be a unique time, and, but um, at the same time, maybe a way you can find some different little tools and techniques to help yourself be detailed and prepared um, when this whole thing does kind of come back here. So keep yourselves going and focused. Um, and honestly, I can't wait till everything gets back to normal here and I can see everyone at the rink full time. I love it. It's been great. My parting words this week, each week I've used one word. This week, I'm going to use a few, and it's improvise, overcome, adapt. It, it's a saying that I hold near and dear to my heart. It's something that I'd write in my hat on the mound. And as I hear my 12 o'clock clock go off in the background, and I deal with my golden retriever trying to be a part of today's podcast, Mattingly, as we call her here, Mattingly Maris, I, I've, been, I've been improvising, overcoming, and adapting to get through this. And I think throughout this, this quarantine, we can all agree that there's plenty of times where we've had to adapt. We've had to improvise and we've had to overcome difficult situations. You see a coach like Brett Wall, and this is a guy who his coaching style behind the bench, his players, his players go by it. It's that improv improvisation. It's that ability to overcome. It's the ability to adapt. You, you, you hear him talk about someone like Chris Duzak, someone who plays the game a little differently than how he played, sees the game differently. The ability to form to who you're working with on a week in and week out basis. And this Hudson Havoc team, this Hudson Havoc organization, there is a title coming for them. There is a ring and it is not far away. It is not years down the road. It is close and you can smell it. I can smell it from here. It is exciting. It smells like cheese curds. That's what I'm going to tell you because we've got the cheese curd cup coming up next year. We've got 
Brett Wall and his Hudson Havoc ready to go win games. And we have hockey with the Dan K show. It's almost back. We remind you that this week's show and every week's show is brought to you by the USPHL, the exclusive sponsor of the Dan K show presents junior hockey. Would you like to be a part of the USPHL? Would you like to have a chance to play in the NCDC? Well, why don't you go to USPHL.com? Because coming up June 13th and 14th, we'll have the USPHL Chicago Combine. And June 25th and 26th, out in Detroit, it'll be the USPHL's Detroit Combine. It's a chance to get in front of some of the best coaching minds in all the land and get yourself seen by USPHL coaching staffs, GMs, and organizations, as well as scouts from around the country. The USPHL, the league in junior hockey, and the Dan K Show, the show in junior hockey. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday for the Dan K Show presents junior hockey's audio podcast, and every Thursday on YouTube.com to the Dan K Show's weekly video podcast. We'll have the all-Dan K premiere team Next Thursday, you'll see some havoc on that. We thank Coach Brett Wall of the Hudson Havoc for joining us. Lucas Jones, as always, the only reason this show works and is able to be put on television or on audio. When Dan K is on the mic, it's always hockey night. Go to www.dankshow.com if you'd like to be our next guest.